Episode 63. On today's show, Steffi struggles with sadness and anger. Simone has the lowdown on Tony Danza's teaching career. And we reveal another text from an anonymous Dong dermatologist. And now, here are your hosts, Simone Turkington and Stephanie Drury. Hello, Simone. How are you, Dong? I'm Dong very well. Thank you, Stephanie. How are you, Dong? I had maybe the worst day of my year today. Oh my stars. <laughs> I texted you a little bit about it, but then I get these messages from everybody else saying, I'm having the worst day of my entire life. So I'm like, maybe it's not just me, but, um, that helps. Yeah, I, I know. But, um, I was single parenting last night because David had to play a show in Portland. And so I was going to get the kids to school and they, the younger one, my seven year old, she was just being just a cunt is what she was <laughs> everything she asked for she immediately said she didn't want after I went and got it for her and I'm like you're gonna be late for the bus and you know my tensions are running high and I don't want them to be late and then I finally just kind of like freaked out and yelled and um I don't know like people might have called the police if they heard <laughs> I don't oh, know because I was just really mad I was so yeah. mad and then I felt so guilty because they were like upset and I'm like I feel like I just reenacted my childhood trauma and you know and exacting yeah. it on my my offspring and what am I and I'm a horrible person and um so after that like though I was like I'm sorry you guys I didn't handle that right and um they calmed you know they were able to calm down I was like you guys don't worry about the bus I'll drive you and let's talk about this <laughs> yeah so that ended up being good and um and so I got them off to school and they were fine. They seemed fine. But um, yeah, I like had to really process it and like really apologize to them. And then I was texting. I, I couldn't really feel totally good about it, though. Once I got to work, I was texting my friends who are therapists. And I'm like, I'm afraid that I've, you know, damaged them for life. And they're like, oh, no, no, you can't do that. That's clinically impossible because, you know, that only happens if you don't process and work to repair and take steps like after it happened. And, Hey, like that's you. what I said. I know, it is what you said. And I'm, like, I'm not a therapist. It's <laughs> like, hey, that I'm sounds like, like my text. But yes, yeah. I know, it was great because I got this that professional advice as well as from your lay counsel. It was really great. Hooray! Um, I know. <laughs> You know, so I'm like, okay, there's hope for me. And I was like, I just hope that they're not mad at me. But I was like taking cry breaks in the bathroom at work. I would like go in there and then just like cry for five minutes and <laughs> straighten up. And, and right when I got in, I had forgotten about a meeting that was at 10 a.m. And I got uh-huh. in work so late. It was 10 when I walked in. And they're like, um, are you coming to the meeting? I'm like, okay. And I like have, you know, the tear-stained face where, every, you oh. know, your face is all dried up. But they're still like dry. <laughs> There's still tear tracks on yes. it, and you're like, I hope nobody notices. <laughs> so, I had that going on today, but um, my whole week yeah. has been bad. The whole the week whole was ten bad. days. Like, they changed. Okay, I think it started when they changed my job a little bit. About you know, it was like a week and a half ago, and and they go, we think that um, we would like to have you working more with the providers, the doctors and stuff, because you're you're good at talking to them and. 
um, you don't like, uh, you know, <laughs> was our whole thing is that we have to talk to the doctors and try to get them to, to do things like, like understand what the rules are and the healthcare laws and all this stuff. Right. And they're, you know, they're busy. They don't want to think about that. And, um, so you have to like charm them a little bit. So it's nice that they, they put me on that and they go, you know, we think that you've been productive, which is amazing considering yeah. my internet usage, my internet consumption <laughs> at work. So, yeah. Um, I'm sure you'll get the same accolade from Facebook. I'm sure Mark Zuckerberg's going to bring you a, a plug commending you on your Facebook productivity. <laughs> they should have that. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm I'm getting a I'm meddling in Facebook productivity <laughs> this summer. Oh my gosh. So that's been good, but they have me um, like reviewing because I do risk analysis for this hospital, and so they have they're moving me from the emergency room to the clinics. And one one of the things that my hospital I work at does is provides healthcare for the refugees and the immigrants. Uh-huh. And so that I have to read the entire cases of these people who come here from who are escaping war in their home country. So there's lots of Somalians and. Um, you know, people from different parts of India and Africa and the Middle East, basically, here. And they, a lot of them, almost all of them, have several children under the, you know, probably the age of six or seven. And a lot of them are pregnant still. And, you know, interpreters are needed. And um, they're just trying to find housing. And, you know, there are diseases at play. And, and they need immunization. And, they're try- and so I have to read these stories. And I'm... I'm really sensitive to stuff like that, so yeah, it's, just, yeah. it's depressing, and I'm like, this is all this reality that I did not plan on getting when I, you know, they were switching me to a different part of, of the hospital, so yeah. anyway, I think I'm, and I'm working to figure out how to internalize that, and, or rather not internalize it, but yeah. balance it, and um, it's hard, because talking to, to Kote, you know, her, my old therapist, she was saying things like, um, you know, you you worked really hard to take to get your shell off to be vulnerable. You know, because you were so you know kind of not able to feel emotions and cry for so much of your life. And and she's yeah. like, it's really hard to find that balance where you can still do that and also be professional and do your job. And she's like, we therapists struggle with that constantly. And so yeah. Anyway, it's nice. I'm so glad I have this therapist at my disposal where I can totally like ask for you know like get their insight on how to deal with that. But. And um, a lay and, therapist like me. And my lay therapist. <laughs> <laughs> Podcast host slash lay therapist slash That's me. friend in the room slash super guys. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah. So I've, I've just been kind of, that's kind of been going on. And David is going to Japan in oh, a he few, is when? couple weeks on October 20th. They're leaving to Hot go dog. film in Japan for 19 days because they're making a movie over there and using his band and um, yeah I, I think it's going to be really good I really like the photography at least <laughs> that I've seen like for the trailer and they've been over before but then after my little meltdown this morning I'm like okay I have to have self care in place you know again using the therapy speak like figure out how I'm going to manage this while he's gone and Yeah. so blah 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 but um, I got to see Bob Mould, and I guess it was a, it was last week. Um, he's the guy from Husker Du. And, yeah, um, everyone talks so about I, him, but I didn't really know who he was until I, I looked it up. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Well, what's so funny is it's total dad rock. Like, um, everyone there, everyone there was like, I heard, like, someone say in the bathroom, she's like, my stepdad, you know, is really jealous of me for coming here to, to see 
Um, How many white ponytails? You know, it, there, it wasn't really ponytail crowd. It was a lot of like dad rock, like like Heshers wearing flannel, and uh-huh. um, like um, flashing the horns like, in the middle oh. of the set. It was really <laughs> funny, and I was like one of maybe three girls there, so that was kind of funny. But um, yeah, my our, my friend Johnny was playing drums for him, and then my friend Matt, um, he's the tour manager, so that was like easy to get into that show. Oh yeah, I, um, yeah. <laughs> as a thank you, I I gave them um, fried chicken, like fried chicken nuggets, and um, so I I sent them to them backstage, and then they um, texted me a picture of them eating them. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so that cute. was nice. I was like, my little thank you. But um, it was great because I'd read Bob Mould's autobiography, and it was probably my f- my most favorite rock bio that I've read. Really? Because, yeah, because he, um, I guess he's in his 50s, and he only recently came out of the closet. Oh, and, really? Um, yeah, he grew up in the Midwest. I think it might have been Minnesota. I'm not positive. But, um, you know, this uh, you know horrible upbringing and, and, you know, lots of therapy and him trying to figure out who he is. So, like, um, that the music was like probably not something I would drive around and listen to, but because I knew his story and um, I was really liking the music and it, it kind of, I was realizing this in the middle of the show. I was like, you know how music is about the unsayable and um, communicating with you know stuff other than words, I guess, that I was like, I feel like I can enter into the grand narrative or whatever Bob's story is a little bit better. Like it, I was like, yeah. this is great. Like just knowing like what he's been through and like, like his philosophy and stuff that he struggles with he's so you know he's just really honest so i just really like that and it was a really good show it just made me happy so that's great yeah, so it sounds like it was time. just what you needed uh, in the middle it's of all totally that. it's exactly what i needed just like it was like deafening i had like dawn went with me and um she had exactly three earplugs in her pocket <laughs> And I was like, I was like, just give me one, I'll rip it in half. And she wouldn't do that. She made me take two whole ones. It was so nice. But um, so for the my favorite song, I just took my earplugs out, and it was so loud, you know. And, and I was like, I feel like this is the um, like the soccer mom version of like taking the condom off <laughs> and like doing risky behavior, like taking the earplugs out of your ears. <laughs> You know, you're probably going to pay a price, but yeah. it's worth it for that one thing. <laughs> but my ears rang for like a day after it, but... Yeah. 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 So there's there's my week. My day. But how are you, Dong? I'm, I'm Dong okay. So uh, as a listener may recall, um, last week I, I left in a dash from the recording because I had to go down to the local bookstore where Tony Danza was appearing for a book signing. Yes. <laughs> and uh, I didn't, uh, I didn't, wasn't going for the signing portion. He was doing a talk as well. And that's, that's sort of, I thought, I'll just go for that. And uh, and what it was, so I guess Tony Danza had, um, had become a teacher, which you didn't know about. But right. um, yeah, but it was there was a reality show. I don't think we mentioned that last week, but there was a reality show on A&E called Teach with Tony Danza, <laughs> something like that. And anyway, um, so I think I'd known about it from that. And so I, I was curious. I was like, wow, he just gave everything up and became a teacher. And I'm sitting down and sort of contemplating that. And I look at the cover of the book and it's like, wow, he just looks like he's just buckled down and become a teacher. And I was kind of feeling a little respectful of that and thought, shit, maybe I will buy this book, you know. 25 it's expensive to buy a book at a book signing because you know you've got to buy mm-hmm. you know pretty much list price and, and get the hardcover so anyway so i was thinking about it, I was like well I'll watch the watch the talk and see what i think and there weren't, weren't like a ton of people there so um maybe like 40 people 
But anyway, so he starts talking about it. So he's he's explaining how he um, uh, he had gone to college to study teaching. And he didn't quite explain that he, if he graduated or what. He's like, I studied teaching in college. It's like, okay. Um, so he's kind of assumed he's, he's more legit. But, you know, he's like, but then he got into, into boxing and, and then, you know, obviously became an actor. And so anyway, and then he's like, but, you know, I, get, I got to 60 and, you know, this and that was happening. And I guess he'd had a talk show. I didn't even know that, but that had tanked. Oh. So, yeah, so he was feeling, you know, very contemplative about his life. And he's like, what are the things I wish I had done? You know, it's like, yeah, I really wish I'd become a teacher. So... He's like, it's one of those things you need to just mention it to a few people, you know, and when you tell your friends, you know, they'll keep coming up to you and saying, hey, have you done this? Have you done that? And it kind of puts the pressure on. So when he decided he wanted to be a teacher again, he would say to his friends, you know, that he wanted to be a teacher and they'd be like, hey, so what's happening with being a teacher? And then this is this is where he lost me. So uh, unfortunately, one of the people I happened to mention it to was a TV producer. Oh, wow, dear. Wow. Bullshit. Oh, so anyway, so yeah, so then the TV producer's like, oh my god, that would be such a great idea for a TV show. Oh. So then they get off the phone or wherever and call him and like 28 minutes later they've sold the show. This is all like such what bullshit. An asshole. Like that's like there's no creative process or integrity to that at all. I know, I know. It's like I don't even I believe that he and the t- he and the producer concocted this. That's what I believe really happened. You oh, know, right. so and so yeah, so he, the show is on. But anyway, so A and E picks it up. They do four episodes and they cancel it. So, oh my god! But he ends up staying there for the for the whole year. And they, like you know, and he was kind of telling the story. Like you can see it almost you know cinematically. The 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 teacher who's been there forever that disapproves of him, but they end up becoming really good friends and all that kind of crap. You know. So but anyway, he he tells this whole thing. He teaches there for the for the whole year and just kind of explains how that went. And and then he he quit. He didn't teach anymore. He didn't Pony. do it. Yeah, exactly. Complete bullshit. And then he's writing a book about about the school system. It's like fuck you. you wow. Know? Yeah. Brass like, balls. Seriously, it's like, can you really are standing up in front of here and telling this? You're so fucking clueless. You can't even see how fucked this seems. And somebody asked him during the Q and A portion. Uh, somebody asked him about what he had to do to be able to teach. And he, I guess, he hadn't finished his degree uh, back in the day. He's like, well, you know, I had sort of a, an expired uh, degree. It's like, you don't have an expired degree, do you? So it doesn't sound like you really had one. He's like, but he had to do some other, you know, get some other accreditation or whatever. And uh, he, and he said, yeah, but it was kind of accelerated, you know, because of celebrity. He totally said that. So wow. it was obviously that the whole thing was, and he had a, like another teacher, another teacher monitoring him, like while he taught and like would review his classes <laughs> with him. So yeah, they were so, afraid to let him alone with those yeah. students. Oh, and he was—he was a history—he was a history major. They—the show decided to make him teach English. So yeah, so it was a total crock. So obviously, as soon as it was done and the signing began, I just got up and left. I was like, I mean, I didn't hate him or anything, but I was just like, well, I don't care what he has to say about the state of teaching in America. Seriously. So <laughs> I like how he goes. Unfortunately, one of the people I mentioned it to was a TV producer. I <laughs> yeah, know, that's real I unfortunate, Tony. Such crap. We're not buying it. I can't hear his name ever without thinking of the Zach Galifianakis joke about how he goes. Yeah, when I'm depressed, I like to go to the Walk of Fame. And just pee on Tony Danza's star and say, who's the boss now, Tony Danza? (laughs) (laughs) I have not heard that one. That's pretty great. Speaking of other celebrities and Tony Danza, 
completely random after this incident last week uh, on in my Twitter feed I saw something uh, about Tupac and Tony Danza and I guess when Tupac was in prison Tony Danza wrote to him saying you know I know you're, you're so talented and you're so smart and I know it's not cool to like be straight in your line of work but you know and they, they struck up this friendship and then Tupac was all like nobody can talk shit about Tony Danza he was like taxi who's the boss like he wasn't gonna let anyone get away with that <laughs> I know Tupac in in defense of Tony Danza. (laughs) Oh my gosh. (laughs) So brilliant. Now, uh, last week we did have a complaint in the uh, in the oh, comments, yeah. um, but it was also amongst a series of very very lovely comments. Uh, thank you, listener Mark, but um, <laughs> thank you for all that love. And uh, yeah, complaining that I I put the uh, the Who's the Boss theme through the entire episode. <laughs> <laughs> And, and I was accused of it being a, a, a quick edit week. And it wasn't that. I actually had way more time than I needed because I did it all a day early. But I just thought it was funny. And also, a few years ago when my sister came to visit, I don't know why, but we had this CD of TV theme shows. And I um, put, put it on. And then I put Who's the Boss on. And then every time it finished, I would run in from the other room and just hit back and then let it play again. And I just go about my business. But I could only go about my business for about a minute and a half because it would finish. So I just, and then I just come charging in from somewhere, like hit back again. And, and I think I let it play about nine times. So when I put it on once, it just felt very natural for it to just keep playing over and over again from this incident. So that was kind of a, a gag for, for Bunyan. So I, I hope she appreciated it. <laughs> I love that you did that. <laughs> anyway, enough about Tony Danza. He's consumed enough of our show. Hey, Stephanie and Simone, it's Mary calling, now of New York. So I'm doing John very well. I'm super excited. Tonight I went and saw Tim Gunn. When Simone talked about Tim Gunn last week, I was really jealous because I love Tim Gunn. And I seriously had dreams that I met him and we became best friends. So I found out tonight, super last minute, that he was going to be speaking at Barnes & Noble and doing a book signing. And I raced after work, and I got to go, and he was so sweet and so nice. And afterwards, we chatted while he was signing my book, and I told him I just moved to New York, and I only lived here for a month, and he said, welcome to the neighborhood. And it turns out he only lived seven blocks away from me. And when I told him where I lived, he said, oh, you live right by Whole Foods. He said, and I said, well, do you go there sometimes? And he said, yeah, I do. So I'm really hoping I run into him, and then we can be best friends forever, and it would be awesome. But anyway, so I just wanted to share that with you guys. Thanks. Bye. The other big news of the week, hot dogs. So the iPhone 5 came out on Friday, and uh, you know people perhaps listening to the show may have heard me mention casually my iPhone here and there, but I've actually been quite a devotee to the iPhone for the last three and a half years and I've been saving for this phone for the last year just setting aside five dollars here five dollars there just putting a little envelope because I knew it would come out and I would suddenly need 
close to four hundred dollars. I thought if anybody two hundred dollars, <laughs> it won't be as bad. If I have half of it, you know, then suddenly yeah. needing four hundred dollars. So anyway, so I actually had uh, just over two hundred dollars, like two hundred ten dollars. It was great, but it came out and I was underwhelmed. So, and nice. I kind of knew what it was going to be from the release and just all the speculations been going on. Like, I'm such a nerd. I'm, like, obsessed with all this new iPhone details and information. So, anyway, mm. now the other thing about my iPhone is that it was jailbroken. So, I was able to <laughs> manipulate it and do other things to it and have, you know, different themes and customize it in many different ways, have special ringtones, text tones for people when they texted and stuff like that that you can't ordinarily do on the phone. So, the idea of getting a new one and it not being, you can, even if they figured out a way to jailbreak it, makes it very unstable and, and that has set me on a constant state of anxiety all the time oh. because you know I'm easily anxious and that stuff doesn't help so because my that phone is my help. life no so <laughs> it was like I really don't want to go through this again and I started looking into Android and fuck a truck you can do most all of that stuff just naturally with the phone as it is so yeah. I did a lot of research, asked a lot of questions, posted things on Facebook, conferred with other people who had made the switch, and I'm such a dick, or maybe I'm so awesome, on the day <laughs> the iPhone came out, I waltzed into the AT&T store, just like, it's full of people with like a waiting list, and I'm like, hi, I'm here to get the Galaxy S3, and she's nice. like, you're the first one today, and I'm like, awesome, so I kind of <laughs> liked going in there and bucking the system while all those people were getting iPhone 5s, I was so I said, I'm ditching the iPhone today. I said, awesome. I said, I, said, I think today's the good day to do it. And she laughed. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see so, that thing I, I posted online? It was like a Craigslist app that says, Naughty Submissive wants to wait in line for you for the new iPhone 5. I did. I did. That was so fucking funny. I loved it. <laughs> I love website. that you too. Like you just rush in there and there's no one in line, and you're like, I want, I want this instead of that. So that's oh no, there so was funny. a line. There was a line. Oh, there was, I, had to oh. Wait, I had to wait half an hour. She took my name down. I had to wait half an hour. But I um, mean, it was like oh, that during please. the week. Cause I went there. I went there another day to just to have a feel of the the, the Galaxy S3 just to see how I liked oh, uh -huh. it. And and there was still a wait list then. I think there's often a wait list at that AT&T store. Oh, cool. yeah. But anyway, but my but it was okay because I, I didn't want to go. I wanted to play around with it some more before I made my purchase. So I was happy to wait. So it kind of worked out, uh, worked out perfectly. But now this isn't to di diss the iPhone. I want to sound like I'm some like oh I'm so iPhone's fucked. Blah, blah, blah. I, I, it's just that once you it's like say you'd only had oatmeal cookies your whole life and oatmeal <laughs> cookies are delicious. I love oatmeal cookies. And then mm -hmm. you know you. Add, you added chocolate chips to it once. You're like, wow, these are really good. And and then and then and then somebody's like, no, 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 no. There's only oatmeal. Only oatmeal. Oatmeal is the best. There's nothing else. That's kind of what mm -hmm. iPhones like. They just try and tell you that everything they're doing is the best. And don't look, don't look at what's going on behind the curtain. That's not real. That's not as good. Just trust us. It's not as good. And you're like, yeah. no, but there's chocolate chips. I've had them. They're really good. <laughs> so that's how I kind of feel what it's like. So I, I because I had had an unlocked, uh, jail, unlocked and jailbroken phone, I knew what more could be had, and I just. Go back, but I still think iPhone's great. So, but it's yeah. a big it's a big deal for somebody like me. So, I understand. <laughs> yeah. So, but so far, so far, I'm very happy with the Android. But um, I'm getting my case in the mail in a few days, so I keep carrying it around in a little pouch. Cause oh, what's I'm your case? I just um, have a pink one. Oh, I'm getting one. It looks it's like my iPhone one that I had with that looks like a cassette. Like a cassette so, tape. I like that. Yeah, so, but the iPhone one, it's almost the same size. It's just a bit longer for the iPhone four. But for this, it's obviously going to be way bigger. It probably looks more like an eight track. They should make it look like an eight track. Oh, that's hilarious. They should because the Galaxy three is like that big almost. Exactly. Like, exactly. I, I have the 
in Galaxy S2 and the screen is gigantic. Like people with iPhones are like, oh my gosh, your phone is huge. <laughs> yeah. yeah but I'm still carrying my iPhone 4 around just because, you know, they haven't transferred all the information and it's just as like a oh, security right. thing to like, it's okay, it's all still there. And, um, but yeah, but now when I looked at something on it, I'm like, oh my God, everything's so small. Like, it's like freaking me out a bit. So. This has been Tech Talk with Steffi and Simone. That's um, right. Up next, we'll get back to talking about wieners. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know on the Galaxy S3 screen, a dong will look so much clearer and crisper <laughs> Then on your iPhone 4. <laughs> it will. Right. They should sponsor us for that. They totally should. <laughs> now, um, I was. this came up during, I was, saw something from BuzzFeed. It was a list of things that, scare us, that scared us as children. Number two on the list got me so excited, but I don't know if you're familiar with this. You might be just a few years too old to know about this. Um, the second oh. item on the list was temple guards, and they were referring to the temple guards from the Nickelodeon show Legends of the Hidden Temple. Do you know this show? I wasn't show? allowed to watch it. What? I was not allowed to watch it. I wasn't allowed to watch a lot of things. You weren't allowed to watch Legends of the Hidden Temple. I was not. I was not allowed to watch The Third Eye, which is also on Nickelodeon. I wasn't allowed to watch Scooby Doo or The Smurfs because Gargamel was oh, like chanting satanic chants. <laughs> Legends of the Hidden Temple. I mean, it had a hist- history element to it. Well, maybe it made, uh, made. Maybe it had history that involved the world being more than three thousand, six thousand years old. So that's probably a big part of the problem. But, but did you want to watch it? Did you see it and think, I really want to watch that show? Oh yeah, I would do that all the time. I'm like, why am I not allowed to watch that? Because the so thing that happened with legends, dogs? there was a, a temple guards, guards. Oh. Like, yes, temple guards, and yeah, they're wearing like <laughs> feathery headdresses and stuff. And, yeah, but so the thing with Legends of the Hidden Temple is that now see we didn't get cable in Australia until 1995, and my family got 96. So we're getting Legends of the Hidden Temple then. And it's already several years old, and I'm 18 at this point. And <laughs> I was so frightened. <laughs> no, I wasn't frightened. Well, I, it was more like a, you know, just if somebody jumped at you around the corner, you'd get a shock. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was more like that kind of scare. But the thing with Legends of the Hidden Temple, I was 18, and I wanted to go on that show so badly. And I, and the, I would like watch the kids and be like, the, the, the oldest kid I ever saw was 14. I'm like, I could pass as 14. I, I was just like desperately, desperately, desperately wanting to go on Legends of the Hidden Temple. <laughs> So for listeners who don't know it, you should go on YouTube or I'll put one, an episode on the website or at least a temple run. But <laughs> but what it is, is like they'll have a, a, hist- a story from history or an archaeological find or like there's an object and then they'll give you a bit of detail about, about that story. And then there's, there's six teams that compete and it kind of slowly whittles down to, to the final two teams. And then the one team that triumphs in all the temple games, uh, they get to go on the temple run. And it's the best like you just get to go through all these rooms and you have to like do all this stuff and just solve puzzles and if you have to have these little things to protect you and if you don't have it the temple guard will get you and oh and you've got three minutes to run through the temple and if i had a billion dollars i would build a temple in my in my house or on my property because i swear to god when i watch that now and i would get so worked up when i would watch it i'd get so angry at the kids for their dumb choices going through the temple it's like haven't you seen this before that never works why are you going that way like i would get so upset so anyway, Legends of the Hidden Temple is just one of the best shows ever, and I think they should bring it back for adults. Like, people go on that, what's that show? Um, 
with the people doing those obstacle courses. Wipeout. People watch Wipeout. Wipeout. We love Why Wipeout. can't they just have? I like Wipeout too. Why can't they just have giant adult Legends of the Hidden Temple? Oh, I would love it oh, so much. They should. Holy yes. crap. <sighs> the rating bonanza. These kids made bad choices all the time. I was 18 and smarter. <laughs> I was ready for it. And they shot it in Orlando at Universal in Orlando, and I would be like, oh, I've got to get to Orlando and go on Legends of the End. <laughs> but the guards were scary? The gods were scary, yeah. What was just so scary appeared. about them? Well, because you'd be running through, all you're trying to do is you're trying to go to the the place, the room in the temple where the thing is that's the subject of that episode and get it. When you get it, all the doors open, you can just go to run through and get to the start. Oh. But on your way, if you take a route and then the temple guard is there, they take away one of your pendants of life. So, oh, well, that was scary. That it, well, it's just because they, they they play this musical like that, and they just appear, and they're all like wearing a mask and a headdress and shit. That's why they're scary, and like they're gonna kill you, and they jump out at you, and it's all bad. It's all bad. And if yeah, if you don't have a pendant of life, and they get you, you're finished. You get nothing. You're out. The game is over. It's terrible. So yes, ah. So anyway, Legends of the Hidden Temple. I hope I hope other listeners enjoy and reveal Legends of the Hidden Temple. Maybe I should do yeah. a petition to bring back Legends from the Makers of Wipeout and Legends of the Hidden Temple. Rated R. Yeah, an R-rated <laughs> Legends of the Hidden Temple. Just so we don't have any dumb kids who don't know what choices to make. <laughs> they never learn. They never <laughs> learn. Choices. Now, um, let's see. Now, you, uh, you've seen some interesting stuff on Netflix recently, I understand. Yes. Can't be okay. more interesting than Legends of the Hidden Temple, but what was uh, it? It probably isn't. I don't have anything. I can't <laughs> compare it, but... I saw two amazing documentaries. Okay, the first one, which I know you're familiar with, is called Shut Up, Little Man. Oh, yes, and I saw I'd that. And I've never, ever seen it, and I was immediately angry that no one had alerted me to this because it was oh. so up my alley because it's all prank calls. I'm sure everyone just assumed that I knew about it because I love prank calls like the Neil Hamburger. Well, they're not prank calls. It's, um, it's their recordings or, of... Yes, yes. It's yeah. like live recording of weirdness. So, um, yeah, I guess it kind of it falls in the same category as people who like weird prank calls like Longmont Pushing Castle and stuff. But this was just... Um, these guys who lived in San Francisco in the 80s and they had neighbors and the walls were paper thin and it was like an old homophobic man and then an old queen living together and they would just verbally abuse each other all day and they ended up just recording all this stuff and then putting them on tapes and like sending them around and there was this giant you know cult following where these people like know the details of these people's life and they knew they were being recorded too I believe and um they did after I, a while, I think, but I think they just couldn't stop. They couldn't stop. They were so entrenched, and um, they just had these horrible patterns. And uh, but oh, it's so fascinating. I was yeah. Greg knew about it in. back in the day. Like Greg, Greg had told me about yeah. it years ago. Yeah, he was because he was part of the. I think he had that back in when the tapes were being traded around San Francisco. So, but they yeah, they all thought that they were a couple then. because I think people often thought that they were a couple, yeah, and they flat out asked them in the document. No, they asked. The, I thought they asked. Um, yeah, they one did. Of them in the they asked them. They denied it, but yeah, I was still skeptical. But well, they, oh no, they their might. friend, their friend said no, no, they weren't. Oh, that's one right. Of them, one of them was gay, but the other one was not. But yeah, oh. such a vo- brilliant, volatile relationship. Just shut up, yes. little man. Shut up, little man. <laughs> so great. 
Did you see the great phone calls uh, LP prominently displayed? Yes, it was so prominently displayed in that scene. And I'm like, that's Greg's LP. That's Greg's right there. Yes. That was was definitely like propped up. excited about that. Yes. Um, So then another documentary I saw was, it was, it's called... Okay, it's about Toynbee Tiles, and I can't remember the, the name. It's like um, Resurrection, or Resurrect, on planet Jupiter. And it's about these tiles that started appearing on the road in Philadelphia about, mm-hmm. I don't know how long ago. It was, it was probably in the 80s, maybe the 90s. And, um, and then so this guy was kind of obsessed with them because it had this weird message that seemed really cryptic, but they kept turning up all over town. They're like, how are they getting these weird things to stick to the pavement? What is going on? And um, then they started turning up in South South America. So um, anyway, it's just really well shot and edited, and it just sucks you in right away. You're like, you're suddenly you care a lot about these tiles, <laughs> and you know the way that they try to track them down, and then it just unfolds into this weirdness, like this weird, like people that are kind of like the shut up little man guys, just like like just people that strange and that smart who you normally wouldn't run into so those are the kind of documentaries i'm like like yeah. all these people that um just how they think and what's important to them and what the fuck like i love stuff like that so yeah those are my um two edifying educational documentaries but then on saturday morning we watched the house of the devil because um, carrie was saying it was really good and it was made in i think 2010 maybe 2009 but it feels exactly like a late 70s, early 80s horror flick. And wow. they got the vibe and the music and everything so perfect. And I loved it. And it absolutely wins for my favorite opening credits ever. So Ooh. House of the Devil, streaming on Netflix. I think that um, you guys should all take a gander. I should at least watch the opening credits. That, that I can yes. Yeah, I highly recommend. So let me know what you guys think. <laughs> well, my most recent things I've watched is, um, I guess we watched this documentary called Up for Grabs, which was about the uh, Barry Bonds' uh, 73rd home run ball that he hit, uh, when oh. was that, like 2003, 2000, yeah, I think it was 2002 or 2003 he hit that. But anyway, so the la- and that, and every, every, every time, he, once he broke the record for this, you know, most home runs in a single season, like the last person to catch that ball is like, if he doesn't hit anymore, then this is the record ball, you know? So yeah. when he when they hit, it was the last game of the season and he hit number 73 and you can see all these people converge on it and like, there's just this mob of people yeah. And then this guy's just sort of, these people are still on the ground fighting, and this guy's just standing there holding it. And then it turns out this guy's still on the ground. Is, he said, somebody took it, somebody took it, and this guy's standing there holding it. So he's like, yeah, I got it. And there's all this, just it's just about the dispute that follows because everyone wants this ball because it's worth so much money. So yeah. it's, the, it's, the, it's the following. Uh, uh, and it's weird because you, you start watching it, and you like totally take a side, and then you get more information. You're like, nice. well, maybe. Like, I like yeah. where it, the, the, it, as it dishes out the information, you... You kind of your, your your opinions change throughout, so I won't spoil it. But really, once it gets down to the court case, it really becomes about possession. Like if a guy has it and somebody's able to wow. take it out, like like what is what is possession? You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So it was it was a it was a really really great documentary. So I love that. Is, is that one? But documentaries aside, and fuck, if I'm anyone's already watched it, you already know. If you haven't watched it, you must have heard Breaking Bad. For fuck's sake, everybody. <laughs> needs to watch this show. Stephanie, what's your problem? Why haven't you watched Breaking Bad yet? Um, we watched the first season, and I it was so the dark. The whole season? Um, 
Well, we watched the whole first season and um, dealing with all the meth addicts that I have to deal with at work, I couldn't keep going. Really? <laughs> yeah, but um, I'm willing because everyone's talking about it. Everyone loves it. And so I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm going to have to pick it back up again. That and The Wire. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think this is better than than The Wire. Like in really? terms of well, it's I mean, I mean, the first season has some slower patches in it and it's and this I mean, it's still very dark, but it's dark in the way like Mad Men is dark, just the just these mm-hmm. miserable kind of relationships right. and stuff like that. So, um yeah, so I already watched the whole thing. Like when the new season started, oh. I start we started watching it that night. We just ripped through it in a month, the first four oh. seasons. And then and then I was so, like missing it that I started watching it from the beginning again. <laughs> nice. That's what I do with Mad Men. I just started over. I've never, I haven't really watched Mad Men over again. But do you watch? You watch Gilmore Girls. It seems like all the time. Like you I do, must have yeah. seen them all. It just seems like you're always talking about watching. Like there can't be that many episodes. It sounds like you just keep rewatching them over and over again. We finished a couple weeks ago with the seventh season, like all the way through. Oh, so, there were seven so, seasons. Okay, you yeah. just seem to be watching it so often that I just thought you were just putting it in. <laughs> Like, like you'd put in a tape of music videos or something. Let's just I could watch it at any time. That's true. I- <laughs> that's a show I would get into. I've seen a few episodes. And I always like it, but I've never, I've never really been. But I, I think Breaking Bad. Like all these years when when Brian Cranston kept winning Best Actor for Breaking Bad and John Hamm was getting overlooked for Mad Men, I'd be like so yeah. annoyed. I'm like, God damn it, where's this shit? <laughs> and now I'm all like, but of course, like you know, like I'm not like I dissing John Hamm, but like it makes sense to me now right. why where the contest was. But then in the these Emmys just passed. Neither of them won, and the guy from Homeland, which is the new thing we're supposed to be watching that I haven't seen. Oh yeah, so, everyone is supposed to be watching that too. Yes, but I'm all resentful of that now because my two guys didn't win. So I'm like, oh, oh. damn it. Yeah. Well, we've uh, been watching Malcolm in the Middle. The kids have been watching Malcolm in the Middle, and that has <laughs> Brian Cranston as I the know. dad. You know, so I'm like, oh, he's healthy in the show. He's yeah. <laughs> he's like there's healthy all these, and frustrated. I know. There's all these Breaking Bad and Malcolm in the Middle mashups where they like will do they'll do like a Breaking Bad intro with like all those characters, but like put you on at the boss of me now over this. <laughs> Oh and just gosh. make it, make it, make it all like lively and yeah, Malcolm in the Middle-ish. So that's oh, it's so funny, Malcolm in the Middle. Yeah. Um, now speaking of celebrities and actors and such and such, so the other day I was chatting online. I think it was with the listener Eugene, and uh, he said something shitty about a celebrity, and he's like wondering. He's like, oh, am I a joke for saying that? And I said no. And here's my theory, and I, I'm curious <laughs> to know what you think, but. Uh-huh. Um, I feel like celebrities, like they get a dispro- disproportionate amount of accolade and adoration that yeah. I think it's only fair that they yeah. get a disproportionate amount of shit. Because it's not fair that somebody gets put on such a pedestal for essentially right. not doing very much. And then everyone's like, oh, that's so mean, you shouldn't say that. Nobody's saying, oh, <laughs> don't give them too much credit. It's just not, you know, that's what they do doesn't really deserve that much. And nobody's figuring out in the opposite direction you know so i just think it's the it's the it's the opposite of all the all the accolade what do you think i think that it probably evens out pretty much <laughs> unless yeah. you're like heidi and spencer <laughs> from the hills or you know someone who's just really who loathed is. you know yeah like the kardashians like people probably say more worse things about you know bad things about them than good but that's well, okay they because they're, they're, they're raking they're, it in they're exactly they're raking it in they so deserve I nothing. Do not They've done absolutely nothing. They deserve every rotten 
things said about but I just don't talk about them because that just I pretend they don't exist well there's like I, nothing to really say other than you're like what the hell but that's, <laughs> like, what, that's just, what keeps getting reported on is people saying how much they hate them and that keeps yeah. them going <laughs> so that's why I don't even talk about hating them I just don't talk about them like they don't exist so that's that's what everyone needs to be doing. That's how you get rid of these people instead of complaining about it. Just don't lock, don't yeah. watch them, don't talk about them. They will go away. That used to be a slogan for environmentalism in like the nineties. It had a picture of the planet and said, "Ignore it, and it will oh, go away." And, right. and, and, and and I like to apply oh, that dear. same to these garbage reality people. So, <laughs> the pig yeah. people. So, um, yes, I want to hear about your scavenger hunt and the chocolate salon that you were telling me about. Yes, yeah, so I, I, I'm a big fan of Michael J. Fox's first movie, Midnight Madness. You, you probably weren't allowed to see it when you were a kid because it was on I HBO. I probably was, and, and I still haven't seen it. Is it streaming yes. on Netflix? <laughs> I don't know. I should check. But it's really great. It's a scavenger hunt around L.A. And one time when my sister came to visit, I surprised her with, uh, I had found as many of the locations as possible, and I just, you know, I, I got the music onto a CD and played it in the car, and we went to all the locations that I had and I, I like typed out clues and stuff and just made it all exciting so I love 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 this movie and so uh, my friend suggested we do a I guess there's scavenger hunts going on in LA all the time so so we did this hunt and there were 34 teams and we came third which I thought was pretty awesome so it was just this little area of uh, yeah of, of the town that we were, had to like go and get these clues and collect these keys and unlock this chest and all this cool stuff like that so um, yeah so that was super 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 fun and then on Sunday I went to a chocolate salon so yeah my eyes were just like I was like I thought my eyes would light up but there actually wasn't, weren't as many vendors as I thought there would be the other thing is with a chocolate salon there's only so much fucking chocolate you can eat you know even just <laughs> really? taking little samples like I should have brought a little baggie and then I could have like collected more but I didn't and they, nobody had a baggie probably for that reason and um, was it like Willy yeah. Wonka's chocolate river mixed by waterfall Oh, that would be the best. But my friend, my German friend saw that chocolate. I kept saying, you have to see this movie. You have to see this movie. It's the best. About uh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. And then he was like, the chocolate, it doesn't look very good. And he was like all shitty about it. And I was really upset. Oh. Well, the book makes it sound amazing. It's like so I know. magical. It so does. I went on a tour of a chocolate factory once here in Seattle called Theo Chocolate. And, um... No, oh, yes, first of all, none of the equipment was working. Yeah, it's oh. like really good chocolate, but none of the equipment was working, and everything smelled like farts oh. in that chocolate factory. <laughs> I was so disenchanted. That sucks. And then the chocolate samples they gave us had like caramelized onion and curry in them. <laughs> oh, that's too bad. It's like how I went to the mint in Philadelphia with my mum, and the mint wasn't working that day because it was the weekend. It was just oh, a bunch of machines, and then you just see a big, big tub of coins somewhere. It's like great, and then like history of coins, and yeah, just you want to see fucking coins being churned out, and you go to the mint. So that sucked. That does suck. Oh, that's two disappointing experiences. But um, but before I went to the chocolate salon, um, I met up with uh, with my friends for lunch in Santa Monica, and uh, Greg and I were early, and we're waiting, and this woman was on the phone, and she's like, "Oh, fuck you, Bubba, that's a goddamn bullshit!" R no really loud. Way. Yes, really, really loud. And then this man that she was with was like, "Hey." Uh, not you're not too loud or anything and she's like don't fucking tell me so she starts yelling at him so because clearly any dissent just is met with with her just getting even more angry he just sits there and says nothing absolutely nothing at all so 
Anyway, so Greg's like, yeah, we should probably shouldn't look over there because we're facing like the way out right. the, where they've seen us. We're facing her, so you know we're just trying not to look at her and trying to ignore it. But she's so loud, and there weren't that many people in the restaurant, so it was really loud. All you could hear was her. There was probably like people at three other tables. So anyway, so then we're still waiting, 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 and then Greg and I just talking amongst ourselves. He had his phone out and he said something, and I laughed. I said. <laughs> You know how I laugh. So anyway, and then she turns and she's still on the phone. She's like, God, you should hear these guys giggling like a bunch of girls. And then she starts telling Greg that he needs to grow a pair. Like, Whoa. <laughs> yes, it's because she's so drunk. She doesn't even know that it wasn't even him that was giggling. It was me. And she's just it's crazy. And, and Greg's like, all right. And then he goes, cuckoo. And she's like, oh, I'm crazy, huh? Yeah, you need to grow a pair. You need to grow mm. a pair. And it's wow. so bad. And then right then, Tommy and Charles and Jack come in and... And it's like now we're trying to protect this little nearly five-year-old boy from this thing. And then anyway, so then at this point, now the the restaurant people come up to her and like telling her she needs to needs to leave. And so then she gets really angry. She's like, oh, I'm gonna fucking leave her. Fine, I'm fucking leaving. And then she like gets up and she shoves the she shoves the chef, like what? Fully pushed him, assaulted him, right That's in front of us. Horrible. Yeah, and then the man she was with, he just sat there, just kept sitting, didn't even get up, didn't even look. He just sat there and sat there and oh. sat there. And then they then they threw her until she had to leave, she had to leave. She goes outside, then she's like threatening, she's like, I'm going to fucking kill you to this other waitress that was there. Wow. They, they locked the door and she's banging on the door to come That's- back in. <sighs> Because they wouldn't give her a keys because she's too drunk. And if she had an accident, you know, they, they would right. be liable because they'd served her alcohol. So, yeah, so they fixed up the bill with the guy, gave him the keys, and then they left. But the police came, but it was too late. But that was quite a scene. So, how about that? But, That's yeah. unreal. I've never really seen anything like that in public. Yeah, nor had I. And this is at, this is at uh, noon. <laughs> this is at, like, late night drunkenness. This is at noon. Yeah. Yeah, in, in a nearly empty restaurant, so juicy. Yeah, but the good news was that the chef came out and gave us uh, two servings of free guacamole to apologize. There you go. <laughs> Thank you, chef. Thank wow. you very much. It's your consolation prize. Totally. Now I understand you have a text from our new segment. I do. I have a text from an anonymous dong doctor. (laughs) He is our um, dermatologist friend who lives many states away, and he's given me permission to say these on the air, as it were. Um, So he he texted me the other day. He goes, I usually text you about dongs, but I thought you'd like to know. I just saw a really big sweaty lady steak. That was interesting. (gasps) (laughs) And I go, in all caps, right? I'm like, really big and sweaty? He goes, so big. And I go, big how? He goes, just large. He goes, some might say it was moist. Oh. <laughs> he goes, and she was all up in there fondling herself to show me the problem. LOL. <laughs> this is terrifying. So that's all I got from him. That's but, still, still. Um, but yeah, when it's big, like, do you just think that all the, like, the, just the general the labia majora, is that what's big? Or is it, does it mean that just the, the size of the, I of don't the canal know. is big? My mind was going crazy. Yes. With when you call it a big lady steak, it just sounds like just a, I'm just picturing slabs of raw meat. I should get him to draw a picture. Yes, like his board <laughs> like picture from last time. Well, I think that's all we've got time for today. So please um, call the dong line, leave us a message. We'll totally, totally play it, probably. 
Um, and please go to Amazon.com and click through Dongtini to buy all your cat food and dildos. And um, we love you. So till next time, bye, Simone. Bye, Stephanie. Bye. bye. independently in partnership with feralaudio.com, an artist-friendly podcast collective.
This artist reserves the rights to their materials. Visit fairlaudio.com for other original shows and learn about our community of artists that help make this collective possible. Thank you for listening to this podcast.